Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. I am thrilled to have as a special guest, Trish Higgins, my colleague in the firm. Trish, good morning. Good morning. So Trish and I have worked together for decades. She's amazing. She's a fabulous lawyer, and she is our arbitration guru. So Trish, first off, can you just talk to us about arbitration? Because, you know, in our practice, a lot of our clients have arbitration programs, but many of them don't. So what is arbitration and why does it even matter? Well, arbitration is an agreed upon process where instead of going to court to resolve disputes, the parties agree that they're going to go before a private arbitrator. So it keeps you out of civil court. It avoids juries. So this professional arbitrator, most of whom are either lawyers or retired judges, are going to be a decision maker regarding the dispute. The idea behind arbitration is to have a streamlined voluntary process that is quicker than civil litigation, that is cheaper than civil litigation, and that avoids the sometimes runaway verdicts that juries may come down with. So that's kind of the concept of what arbitration is designed to achieve. So why doesn't every employer have an arbitration program, Trish? Because as you know, in our firm, we don't necessarily advise everyone to have an arbitration program. Yet what you just said makes sense. Like, why wouldn't everybody want to have one? And have things changed recently where folks may want to have an arbitration program, even though it didn't make sense a few years ago? Yeah. So, you know, arbitration isn't all positive, right? So the downsides to it or the potential downsides to it are, one, you got to pay for this arbitrator, right? Civil court's free or there's a $60 filing fee. Uh, And generally in the employment context, it means the employer has to pay for the arbitrator who charges large hourly fees. So that's one aspect to it. Secondly, because of various court decisions that impose certain requirements on arbitration, particularly in California, it's not necessarily this streamlined, inexpensive process that it was initially designed to be. There are certain requirements to allow discovery, uh, which is one reason why, at least years ago, uh, people would do arbitration. So those are probably the most significant downsides to arbitration. Um, But there have been decisions in the last few years that will make it more attractive to employers. The huge advantage of arbitration, particularly for at least medium-sized and larger employers, is that you can have the employee agree to waive their ability to bring a class action. And so for a long time, every large employer has had arbitration agreements for that reason. Um, And there have been some developments specific to PAGA in California. There had been, and still exists, this California Supreme Court decision that said that PAGA representative claims 
cannot be compelled to arbitration. And I think it was last, I don't know, maybe even just six months ago, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court in a case called Viking River Cruises said, well, at the very least, individual PAGA claims can be compelled into arbitration. And as a result of that, it may render that employee unable to bring a representative action. So now it's not just a traditional class action, but even a PAGA action that could be at least potentially compelled to arbitration. So those are both huge developments and favorable to employers. Thank you. That That is so helpful. And of course, PAGA, the Private Attorneys General Act here in California, is the bane of employers' existence, right? Because you can have a technical violation. You're going to end up potentially being in mediation and writing a big check because if there's a PAGA violation, you owe. It's just that simple, right? So if we can actually find a way to get out of some of those PAGA claims through arbitration, that's a great thing for California employers to be able to do. But Trish, here's the thing. There's been a lot of debate about whether you can make an employee sign an arbitration agreement, right? So what is that all about? Well, the California legislature has been trying for years <laughs> to prohibit mandatory arbitration of employment disputes, to prohibit employers from requiring candidates and or employees uh, to sign an arbitration agreement as a condition of employment. Okay, that's what I mean by mandatory arbitration. They've been trying to do that for a long time. Uh, the sticking point to achieve that goal for the California legislature is federal legislation called the Federal Arbitration Act, which will preempt any state law that is inconsistent with that act, the FAA. And the FAA says agreements to arbitrate are valid, irrevocable, and enforceable uh, to the same extent as any other contract. So the prior two attempts by the legislature, they passed bills that prohibited arbitration as a condition of employment and also stated that those agreements, if it was required, would not be enforceable by courts. Vetoed by Governor Brown, who agreed with the principle, but said, look, these clearly violate federal law. I'm just not going to sign in, in, into law something that's just going to be preempted by federal law. So a couple of years ago, uh, the legislature designed AB 51. This was their third attempt. And they decided to uh, go after this in a different way, which is they prohibited the formation of the contract. They made it unlawful for an employer to require an arbitration agreement as a condition of employment. And the sanction, if an employer did that, was criminal liability, it was a misdemeanor, as well as civil liability, because it became defined as a violation of the Fair Employment and Housing Act. So its subject was wrongful behavior, and it subjected the employer to criminal and civil liability, but in an attempt to avoid the FAA and an invalidation under federal law, 
They had a clause that said, but if you do enter into such a contract, it's going to be enforceable, right? So you're prohibited from doing it. You can be sanctioned for doing it, but you can also enforce that wrongful contract. It has been subject to litigation from the day it was signed into law. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce uh, filed a action to seek to enjoin it, uh, both permanently and on a preliminary basis. Um, and that is the decision that ultimately came out two days ago. Uh, the district court had entered a preliminary injunction and stated that uh, the chamber was likely to prevail on the merits. That was appealed to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, the Federal Court of Appeals. Um, and it had a long procedural history I won't get into. But two days ago, uh, the Ninth Circuit panel held that AB 51 is not enforceable and it is preempted by the Federal Arbitration Act. Okay, so this is a lot of legal mumbo jumbo in one way, but what it means is that California employers likely can can require an arbitration agreement, right? Now, as you said, there may be some subsequent proceedings, but from everything we're seeing, they're not gonna win, right? The, this, this law does violate the FAA and the FAA preempts it, and therefore employers are going to be able to have mandatory arbitration. Now, let's talk strategy, Trish. Does it make sense? Do you want to say to an employee, here's an arbitration agreement, you're required to sign it, otherwise I'm going to fire you or I'm not going to hire you. What's the practical side of this? What advice are we giving to our clients? You know, each employer has to think about their goals, their objectives, and their workplace. Uh, because just because you can do it doesn't necessarily mean that you should do it. And you may want to make a different decision for applicants relative to current employees, because it does play out differently in terms of morale. Uh, you know, the applicants, if you just say you we're not going to hire anyone uh, unless they sign this arbitration agreement, that's not going to impact the morale of your existing employees unless that candidate was a referral. Uh, so maybe you want to be really strict and enforce this with regard to the candidates. You have nothing vested in them. They have nothing vested in you at this point in the process. The dynamic is entirely different with existing employees, particularly if you have never had an arbitration program before. So, you know, think about if you want to roll this out, whether you actually say it's required, you have to sign this, whether you just even want to communicate that, think about how that may impact your employees. And then secondarily, how are you going to enforce that? Do you want to, if you have an employee who's a longtime employee, a good employee, a valued employee, you really want to retain that employee. 
do you want to fire that employee because they haven't signed an arbitration agreement? Maybe not. Maybe that employee is just too valuable to you. Uh, every employee, it's not that valuable to you. How is that, if you terminate that person, how is that going to affect the morale of the rest of your employee base? They may have all signed that arbitration agreement, but it may, in their eyes, reflect very poorly on the employer in terms of sort of a betrayal or a lack of trust that they fired this person for not signing an arbitration agreement. And then the other thing to think about is if you make this decision on a case-by-case basis, right? Well, if we really don't care about this employee, we'll let them go. But, you know, if it's a more valuable employee, we won't be so harsh. Then you have the whole problem with selective enforcement, right? So you don't enforce this requirement to sign an arbitration agreement with some white male Uh, And then you do with someone in a different protected class, the real reason being that one was more valued than the other. Well, nonetheless, now you're potentially subject to a discrimination claim because you enforced it differentially. So it's not necessarily a no brainer, even though you can do it, that you should uh, make uh, it, it signing an arbitration agreement mandatory for your employees. Okay. And obviously this is a very nuanced area of workplace law. So although there are many things we can do when it comes to human resources where you don't need a lawyer, right? We're not afraid to say there are a lot of things y'all can do out there that you don't need us for. When you talk about arbitration programs and how to draft the agreement, there is very specific language that must be included. There are very specific processes. So you do need to consult with counsel, right, Trish? You absolutely do. You know, as I stated, there's these two major decisions that are very favorable to employers, but to take advantage of them your arbitration agreement must be drafted consistent with their requirements. Uh, So it it really needs to be reviewed by a lawyer to make sure that it is consistent with both those new provisions, um, as well as the whole body of law that has been developed about arbitration agreements because courts really don't like employment arbitration agreements. So they will look for a reason not to enforce them. That's why the federal law exists, because there are courts that do that. So you need to make sure, particularly with California employees, that you have an agreement that, one, is the most favorable that it can be for an employer, And two, that is going to be enforceable when you need it, when someone does sue you, that you will be able to enforce that agreement and compel that controversy into arbitration. Well, and I guess the other thing to add here, Trish, is it's not one and done, right? You have to, you may have an agreement that you disseminate and you give to your current employees and your your new employees 
And then a decision may come out where we've got to tweak it, right? That's what's been going on with us for years is we give a client an agreement and then we say, uh-oh, there's this new decision. you got to add a few words. And so that can be a little bit of a bummer too. And maybe you don't want to do it every time any little thing changes, but in the last six months, big things have changed. Trish, thank you so much for your insights on this. It's such an important way these arbitration agreements for our our employers to reduce their potential liability especially now that there can be a class action waiver and potentially a paga claim waiver but again it's complicated you've got to get some help what we hoped to do today is let you know that it's at least something you should be considering if you're an employer with maybe 25 or 30 employees it's going to be worth it for you to look at whether or not you need to have an arbitration program. Trish, thank you so much for joining me today. It was such a pleasure. I really appreciate your insights. Thank you. Everyone, thanks for joining us. Go out and have a great day, and we'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.